We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, my friend, alumni of Miami Heat Beat, the best damn guy doing it out here in these streets, Nikias Duncan of the Dunker Spot, joins us to preview Heat Knicks. Words that I am shocked I'm saying, frankly, Nikias. <laughs> Man, well, first and foremost, hello, friend. Glad to be back. It was quite literally heat and five, so you got to keep that rolling. Always. I did not expect this to be the series either, but we are here. I was up <laughs> darn near 4 a.m. just I just could not sleep after how heat bucks ended, and I just wound up doing like a random eight tweet thread about heat Nick stuff, and I was like, okay, I don't need to be doing this now. I should probably sleep. I have pod prep, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> no, it went from heat Nick's thoughts to how did UD find himself on the court more than Jay Crowder to James Johnson in the 16, 17. See, I man, Heat fan hat came on last night, man. It was it was a blast. It was a blast. And the this very, is gonna be a really interesting series. I, I'm so excited for a lot of reasons. One, I'm excited for the media coverage of the guys because I think that, you know, I just I, I just actually just got off the phone with Tiffany Meeks uh before I come on with you and we were talking about how a lot of the guys that are in the media right now, like the big talking heads on TV, they grew up with Heat Knicks. And they're gonna hammer mm-hmm. the narratives so hard. We're gonna we're gonna talk oh, yeah, about the basketball is. stuff, but the Stephen A's, you know, all these guys, they're gonna gas up the Riley stuff. Right, you know, Riley's going to, you know, Riley's going to the Garden. Alonzo's going to the Garden. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be some picture taken with Jeff Van Gundy and them, and, <laughs> and Oak, Oak is gonna show up or something. I don't know. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. Is, is he gonna be allowed in? I was gonna ask. Gonna I don't know. Room? Is did that change? Did they fix that? Yeah, I don't know if I can make that joke, but yeah, I hope everything's cool with uh, the first two games of the series. But yeah, they are absolutely going to hammer that. And if you thought the narrative that like the national heads don't watch Miami or whatever, as ugly as this season was for, during the regular season for the Heat, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of catching up to do with this Heat team. So I, I am curious to see what that breaks down to be. But 
yeah, this is this is gonna be a fun one. I it's gonna be an ugly one. It's gonna be a fun an one. An ugly one. But you know what's not ugly? Miami gaming parties, because you deserve a customized gaming experience. Miami gaming parties delivers private custom video game tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests, and it's truly custom. You can pick the package, premium or black tie VIP for eight to sixteen people. They bring it all from PS5 trophies for the winners. Play at home or at a venue of your choosing with free on-site consultation. Perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, or anything you want to celebrate. Like a second-round matchup between the Heat and Knicks, reviving a 90s rivalry for the ages. Check out MiamiGamingParties.com for more information. On Twitter, at GamingParties. On Instagram, at Miami underscore Gaming underscore Parties. Or search Miami Gaming Parties on Facebook. All right, Nikaias. I think the place we need to start in this series is the Knicks offensive rebounding. Because, good Lord. They crushed Cleveland, who, by the way, had two of maybe maybe the the best or at least one of the most solid front courts in the league with Jared Allen and, and Evan Mobley. You know, obviously Mobley's, you know, young and both those guys don't have a ton of playoff experience, but you know, have to give New York credit. Mitchell Robinson was you know, a, a demon on the boards and Hartenstein, you know, has that big body uses so well and Obi Toppin got in there. So let's let's start there because Miami has been a pretty good to decent defensive rebounding team. And for Eric Spolstra, they always feel like that's enough. Against the Bucks. they did enough to survive. They had a couple games where it looked a little dicey, but in the end, I, I think they shored up enough defensive rebounding by inserting Kevin Love into the lineup, kind of separating, playing Haywood Highsmith some minutes here and there, adding in some Zeller time, all that good stuff. How do you... I guess that's the first and most interesting battleground in this series. Like, can Miami survive enough on the boards and not turn it over enough so that they don't let New York, they, so that they make New York play basketball. Yeah, that's kind of been the secret sauce for New York. You just pick up, you know, you pull up NBA.com or cleaning the glass or whatever. You look at who ranks highly in offense. You see your Denver's and your Sacramento's, et cetera. And then right there near the top is the New York Knicks. And we're like, wait a minute. A Tom Thibodeau team? team? Yeah, this is a Tibbs team. This is a team that doesn't take a lot of threes. And contrary to what, it, you know, contrary to uh popular belief like they don't take a lot of shots at the rim either it's like how the heck is this a top five top six offense they don't turn the ball over they get a whole lot of extra opportunities on the offensive glass and for me um i just finished recording with steve not too long ago that episode is going to be up i think later tonight like kevin love immediately becomes one of the three most important players in the series because <laughs> what i a think time. <laughs> what a time indeed buyout acquisition kevin love maybe but in all seriousness them. Yeah, yeah, might have been helpful, especially when, you know, Jared, yeah, we, boy, they got crushed on the interior. Boy. But anyway, I think Kevin Love becomes very important in this matchup because his size, his ability to rebound, the way that he can kind of free Bam to roam around if necessary, if you want to put Kevin Love on Mitchell Robinson, uh, he's going to have to be able to hold up. And he becomes important, one, because of the glass thing, and two, when he's on the court, at least during the regular season series, it was a lot of Kevin Love at the level or Kevin Love show and recover. And the Knicks, at the Knicks game that I was at, I think that was the March 3rd matchup, I want to say. I was in Miami for that one. The first quarter of that game, Jalen Brunson ripped that man to shreds in pick and roll. They emptied the corner consistently. Like, cool. He's going to show. I'm going to wait that out. I'm going to attack. Or he's going to show. I'm going to drive. That's Miami won? Uh, they did not win. That, that was the that one was, that Randall hit was, the, the funny yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah, that was Julius Randle, I think, 43 points. Emmanuel quickly is knocking down pull-up threes and running around the court. It was a whole thing. But, yeah, it started with that first quarter where they just continuously emptied the corner and Kevin Love could not hold up. And so that's kind of the battleground that I start with. Can If he can hold up enough defensively, Miami has enough size to 
at least try to mitigate some of what New York does on the offensive glass. Because if he has Mr. Robinson, Bam's going to be on Julius Randle. You can keep one or both of those guys near the basket, ideally, and then you have them battling with Mitchell Robinson. He can't just crush them by himself. I'm glad that you said that because I'm thinking, so I'm looking at the series and I was like, okay, well, like, what are Miami's win conditions? So I was like, okay, well, like, can they make, can they make Jalen Brunson like, like Trey Young that they did last year? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're really good. Both teams are very good at cutting off heads of snakes. And especially if Randall is going to be limited or out with the ankle injury, it's pretty easy to say, okay, like if, if they can neutralize kind of Brunson's effectiveness, all of a sudden a lot of things become a lot easier. And then like, how do you do that? It's like, okay, well, they're going to attack love if they start love. And now, you know, we could talk about like whether this is, they have to change the starting lineup or not, but you know, he's going to attack love, as you said, with that empty corner stuff. Do you, do you want to bring Bam in those actions? Do you want to switch that? And if you switch that, are you really giving up the offensive glass on the other end? Do you want to trap, you know, is this a Caleb series where it's like, all right, Caleb, you and single, you like Caleb starts over Max, and and that's a Caleb responsibility. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how well you know Gabe can hold up. You know, Brunson is a weird player. He's not killing you with speed or strength, but it's like it's this weird finesse. He moves like a stop, like a clay motion movie. It's like this herky jerky that is like so artistically weird, and he it works, man. Like he, you know, it. it I I can't say it's ballet, but. Damn it, does does it work? So that's where I'm at. Like defending, I was like, you know, you gotta you gotta protect love in some ways. So like, do you send help? Do you start Caleb, or do you just really try to manipulate the screener in that? Okay, it's Bam. Uh that's where I've been kind of torn. I've been thinking through this live for like the last, I guess, 18, 20 hours <laughs> at this point, <laughs> trying to figure out what I want to do here. Because like, I think just in terms of the profile of the bodies, right? I think this is a matchup that you can go stock and you just say, okay, Gabe, Vincent, do your best. And then we can adjust from there. But also Jalen Brunson is really freaking good and it doesn't take much for him to get comfortable. And the funny thing about just his general shot profile, then when you zoom out and think about the playoffs in general, he is feasting on shots that normally you're like, well, if they're going to take 18 of these, 20 of these, 22 of these as a team, fine. We're going to limit the threes, limit the shots at the room. Cool. Jalen Brunson is really good at every last one of those shots that you want to give up. So I don't, I find myself in a weird place with it because I do think the general MO with Brunson is like, Hey, throw some length on him. If he's going to do the herky jerky stuff, at least make him knock down contested looks. So he can't get into his post game too. Yeah. And so maybe that means, you know, Jimmy, but uh, maybe you give Jimmy Butler that assignment. I don't know if you want to do that early. Maybe that's a fourth quarter thing. I'm scared of the fouls maybe. with that. Cause that, that could get, that could get, I mean, he's Jimmy's great at not fouling, but, that becomes kind of a concern for me because he has to say he has to see on the floor. Yeah, so I can I can definitely see it, but that's I would imagine he's going to see some time on Jalen Brunson, even if that's just late fourth. Um, Caleb Martin for Max is interesting because as I was thinking about this on the pod, I was like, well, I don't think you start Caleb Martin over Kevin Love in the series. Like I think you kind of have to start Caleb just to mitigate some of what New York does on the offensive glass and just to limit the size advantage in general. Um, but Caleb instead of Max is interesting. I think from there, New York is already a team that shows aggressive help, and they are fine with loading up, particularly if you play uh, slow in the half court. That was a lot of Cleveland's issues. Not only did Cleveland not have the spacer that they needed as that fifth, they also played slow in the half court, and that allowed New York to kind of set up. So I worry about Caleb Martin starting lineup in that aspect because I don't think the Knicks are going to guard him. And they also just have, you know, Brunson's obviously a smaller guy, but he's a stout guy. But between uh, between Josh Hart, between R.J. Barrett, like there's enough size and strong wings there too, 
to where you can you can neutralize a lot of I think what Miami wants to do set wise. Um, so I think it might just be give Vincent to go, and then send help where you can. Like dare RJ to beat you from the perimeter, dare Josh Hart to beat you from the perimeter. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna they're not gonna guard Josh Hart. They're and the Miami is notorious for helping right off weak side or whatever. They're they're gonna they're gonna help off of those guys a ton. And yeah. New York's gonna have to hit threes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, so I think my best guess is that they end up, again, they start Kevin Love, they start him alongside Bam. I think you give it to Gabe, and then you just send a whole bunch of help towards the nail, towards the elbows areas and see what Jalen does. And if he's able to pick at that, or if he just really just, okay, we're going to clear the side, go after Kevin Love, and they get good stuff out of that, maybe that's when you make your subs, you get Caleb in for Max, and then you put more length on him from there. Maybe you sprinkle in Jimmy on him. Maybe you see more zone, though, with that. I kind of worry about the rebounding from that aspect as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about that. Um, but my my best guess is that they start with Gabe, and then they kind of go from there. I imagine that's why they didn't go to it too much against Milwaukee, because – for all, for as good as that series turned out for Miami, I mean, Milwaukee never really had a problem scoring unless it was the fourth quarter. So, and I, I was wondering kind of when that zone would come out, and it, it really did for very brief periods of very forgettable stints as well. So, don't know if we see that against New York, but, you know, it, and it's strange because, like, I don't know what kind of BAM we're going to get, right? Because BAM, you know, I don't know if he beat the allegations yesterday in that fourth quarter, <laughs> but... I mean, what did he have? 10 assists in the fourth quarter in overtime? That's, bro, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I don't know if I've ever seen a big man get 10 assists in such a short period of time. And listen, I, I, no, I want to no give a shout out to Wes Matthews because I think the adjustment to bring Jimmy off the pin downs from the corners or whatever was an adjustment not to help Bamba to get Wes Matthews off of Jimmy because I know that Jimmy was giving everyone the work. That was not comfortable. He did not like that. And I, he had 42. It was kind of a weird 42. You know, he got going in the fourth, but w that was an adjustment to get Jimmy moving and get Matthews behind the screen so that Bam can kind of feed him kind of moving in motion because he was doing such a good job. 
Yeah, it was smart on multiple fronts. Like you get different usage for Jimmy. You try to get Wes Matthews all of them. I echo your sentiments. Wes Matthews did a really good job of defending Jimmy Butler in that game. And again, it's a five game series. <laughs> so I don't know. I can't say Wes Matthews changes. And all. he only played two games. <laughs> yeah. Game so one like, and game five. <laughs> yeah. So like I do think like if he was available from game one, that's probably a button that Bud presses earlier in the series. And maybe it's heat and six instead of heat and five. If they're able to turn of you the know, 56 into point. 45. Yeah. So something like that. So that's something. Um, but beyond that, it's smart again, different user for Jimmy, but then you get the ball in Bam's hands. And with him being the playmaker above the break, you at least get to get Brooke Lopez out of the paint a little bit and free up the paint. And I think that's smart utilization of Bam is also just smart spacing in general to kind of empty what's happening behind him and open up that action. As a pretty uh, popular action, just have Bam either above the break or at the elbow, kind of flex action yeah. in the corner. It's smart stuff. That's so a twenty twenty really offense. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> We're going back, Welcome. baby. Playing the hits. <laughs> Spo is so good, man. Spo is he's, so good. He's incredible. I, bro. It's wild. I in, I exited that game four, and I was like, huh. I wonder how the Heat are going to try to get Bam some easier looks because something that popped for me in game four was the occasional Jimmy Butler screening, or in multiple cases, it was just him lead blocking Brooke Lopez. Wasn't quite the clean. Literally and tight end. <laughs> yeah, like on the play that Bam gets the, I don't want to say poster, but he gets the dunk that bounces off the rim and bounces in. It's literally the, Jimmy's just like elbowing Brooke Lopez. Drew is like hugging Jimmy so he doesn't give him the matchup. And Jimmy's just pointing like, hey, no, give Bam, because Gabe brought it up. Like, give Bam the ball, let him attack. Bam's like, oh, wait, this is a whole bunch of space. And he goes up. But, like, just going inverted in general, I think, is a smart way to utilize Bam. Get some of those snug pick and rolls as well. Like, I, I love that they went to that bag in the in the fourth quarter game five. And so, I'm just glad he – I'm glad Bam had that moment because it's been such a it. weird series for him. He needed it. Well, a weird, a weird couple months because really yeah. – I don't know what's been going on. He, he uh, probably the hip and the knee and all the all the little things that have ailed him. But kind of you know, kind of jumping from that to to this series, I don't know, I, dude. I don't, I don't know what version we're gonna get. Like I think the days off are huge. I think winning that game was absolutely huge for Miami because yeah. now you get you know today what is it Thursday till Sunday mm-hmm. Thursday Friday Saturday you get three days off which I haven't had three days off in a while. Uh, I think Jimmy needs a rest. Bam needs a rest. All these guys are, are dealing with things. Um, Kyle, especially, I said this on Hangover Time last night. You know, you want these guys to rest. New York is going to be as rested. Uh, they played. They finished their series uh, last night as well. So, I don't, I don't know what version of Bam we're going to get. Are, are, are we going to be able to depend on Bam kind of being the help defend the the, the switchy help do it all big man all defensive player center guy you know that we need. Mm-hmm. Uh. I just have to see what the hamstring looks like. Like, I, it's weird because, like, Bam isn't going to be defending a Giannis in this series, even that version of Giannis, which helps him. But also, you think about the pockets that he had in the mid-range area because of how low Brook Lopez was hanging back, either in the drop or just waiting for him to come. Mitchell Robinson is in a drop, but he's a lot higher in his drop yeah. than Brook Lopez is. So, like, it's going to be a little bit different in terms of just the space that he has to operate. I will say <clears throat> you may be able to get funky with some of the empty corner stuff in a way that you couldn't. Um, against Milwaukee, so I would just keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of openings uh, are going to be there for Bam in that regard, in terms of just the mid-range jumper and operating in that area. Maybe that opens up more of the screening actions for Bam, just because Mitchell Robinson's going to be a little bit higher, and like he's not a good screen navigator when you try to hit him with cross screens or back picks and stuff like that. 
I go back to the game four opening set, uh, the first half court possession of game four, where it's Max Drew setting the back screen on Brooke Lopez and bam, should have got a dunk where Brooke Lopez recovers for the block. Um, so you may be able to get more of those type of actions for Bam. Maybe that's a way to free him. I, the battle on the glass is going to be the big one, especially if it's the hamstring stuff. And he's already he's dealt with hamstring. He's dealt with I think knee. He's had some hip stuff. Dude, he's had some shoulder man, stuff. Just, so like this is where again like Kevin Love is going to be very important to help him out in that regard. Um, but it, it's going to be a battle on the interior for him for sure. I like what uh, Vico Bueno one chat says. He goes, "Nikias, how successful do you think Bam could be in attacking Robinson off the bounce?" Um, like the hips are kind of stiff for Mitchell Robinson. So like, maybe I think it's going to require some kind of action before, like, I don't think you're going to get the bam brings the ball at the floor, looks for a handoff. It doesn't come. And then he just goes against Mitchell Robinson. I don't know how often he gets that. If you can get Jimmy screening for him, or you can get, make Mitchell Robinson navigate something before bam attacks. I think you'll be able to get some good stuff and maybe you can get Mitchell Robinson to foul trouble because it does look a lot different on the interior. Mitchell Robinson isn't out there. Um, Isaiah Sartenstein, the defense was just the defense and the rebounding was just bad the first month and a half of the year, and now he finally found his level. He's been a very productive backup big for New York. It's still going to be a different presence if Mitch Robinson not there. Then you don't even have the third um, center in Jericho Sims. I think it was announced earlier today that he's had surgery, so you can't even press that button if you want to. Um, the Knicks haven't been super willing to go Randall at the five throughout the year, and with him being gimpy, I don't really know what his game one status is either. Like, I, I think Miami would want that, though. I, I I think if you're New York, your best bet is to kind of play big and muck up. I I think if you go Randall at the five, now you give Miami excuses to play their five best players or their five most. You know, you don't have to fudge matches or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, like I, I think it's just going to be – I think it's going to be important to get Mitchell Robinson moving first because if he's able to just kind of camp or if he's just comfortable getting up to the level and dropping back or whatever, like he can still disrupt a lot. When Miami goes, when Miami's down, down to one big, because they're gonna they're gonna play some Bam and Kevin together. Which, by the way, every lineup metric you look at says that sucks. Um, <laughs> it's weird, but they needed to do it against Milwaukee. But it's like it was minus a lot in that series, and it was minus a lot in the regular season. Imagine that they're. I mean, Jimmy plus Love uh, without Bam is really really good. That offense is humming. You saw it in the Milwaukee series they run kind of that empty side pick and roll with, with K love and Jimmy and love is such a smart guy and, and where to flare. You know, there was that one uh, where Jimmy posted Giannis, Kevin love flares to the corner. He had hit a three earlier in the game. Giannis kind of stutters. Like, do I, do I stick with him? Wait, Jimmy's going to the rim. It's mm-hmm. too late. So I, I want to see a lot of that between them. Uh, but I do think that, it's, you know, they're going to play a lot of one center lineups with bam. I wonder, I wonder how much they switch against Brunson. So in the playoffs, Bam's been in a drop. Even against guys like Holiday and, and Middleton, he stayed in a drop. Uh, and and I think more, I think that was more Lopez than any of it. They wanted to contain that guy, and he would kind of play both. Or any Giannis pick and roll, you know, he was dropping and, and all that. I think mm-hmm. they go back to their roots. I think they switch. I think it's important to get the ball out of Brunson's hands and make those other guys shooters. I think you're right. They'll play Gabe straight up, especially when they attack Love. But I think when the nitty-gritty... It's going to be Bam. It's going to be swarming pick and roll. It's going to be Jimmy at the nail hedging. It's going to be Kyle Lowry being annoying as the low man. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how they're going to have to play that matchup. And I think if you, if that's successful, and I want to know what you think, I think if they're successful in that, that is their biggest win condition. Because their defense, while it was good against the Cavs, a lot of that is Cleveland had an anemic offense. 
mm-hmm. and they did in the regular season. New York was not a really great defensive team in the regular season, despite Tibbs' reputation. So I think if you can kind of cut off their offensive head like that, with what I'm telling, with what I'm saying, I don't know what you think, but that that's kind of where I'm at. No, I think that makes sense. I think for me, again, I just get a little fuzzy about the switching in general. Like, I think Miami would be comfortable doing that and being able to kind of flatten stuff out with Brunson. I just worry about what happens when the shot goes up. So I guess to phrase it another way, I don't doubt that Miami can switch and force Jalen Brunson to miss. I do worry about if they're able to end the possession after they force the miss. So you don't think that their priority is going to be like, we need to make this guy's life hell? I do think it's going to be a priority. I just don't know how much they're going to lean to the switching to do so. To do it, I guess yeah. Is like, I think this is why I'm like, straight up, but we send, we're going to help, shade. Yeah. yeah, it helped like that. Like, I just don't know how often they can afford to go pure switching. Like, I don't know how often you switch Bam on the Jalen Brunson. Not that Bam can't handle it, but because of what that means on the back end. And so that's where I'm just like, I, I don't know which what, what they're going to prioritize scheme-wise in that regard. Let's talk about how New York's going to defend Miami a little bit. Obviously, Jimmy is the hot man. Big, big, uh, the big, well, you wouldn't know it from the national outlets, but, you know, he's, he played really well in the Kais. You know, you, you may, you know, you, you at home, the viewer may not know, but that guy, that guy's pretty good. That guy, that guy pointed a finger at Drew Holiday and said, I own you, which is just in the most, you know, he did two wild things last night. One of them was something you put on Instagram with Max. The other one was that. I mean, <laughs> this man is what's this Stephen A? Somebody has to stop this man. Like yeah. also, dude's crazy. Why he, also, why did he do Max like that? He didn't have <laughs> If I'm Max, I'm I'm giving him the finger. I was like, dude, what are you doing? They're gonna cancel me. <laughs> Don't do that, man. We we have enough verification nonsense to deal with. We don't we need do. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. Um, in terms of the Knicks defending Miami, Butler specifically, and I mean, defending Butler, and, uh, is it Hart? Is it is it RJ? Because RJ is bigger, so conventional wisdom says RJ. But the Knicks are on a high of, uh, you know, Hart doing all that stuff to Donovan Mitchell, uh, making mm-hmm. him look like not worth trading Tyler Hero for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Heat Twitter. I'm, I'm just kidding. There, there um, we go. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm wondering. Like honestly, like I think it's, it's going to be between Hart and Barrett. Like during the regular season series, um, Quentin Grimes was the primary defender. Uh, he did not play in game four or five, so I don't know what his health status is as of recording. Um, if he's healthy and back in the starting lineup, I would assume they just go back to Grimes. Um, but if not, I could see RJ honestly because like I do think he has the strength, he has the frame to do so, and with the way that Jimmy likes to win inside the art with the post ups in general, like I think he's strong enough to deal with that. And I think going back through some of the clips during the regular season, like RJ dealt with those back downs better than Quentin Grimes did. I think Quentin Grimes did a good job of contesting after Jimmy went for the shot and doing so without fouling. But in terms of holding your ground, I think RJ Barrett did a really good job. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if RJ gets that assignment. And I think with Jimmy in general, it's not going to be as much screen navigation, which that took a hit for RJ a little bit this year. I think he was much better last year. I think he was just better overall yeah. last year on defensively than this year. But the screen navigation, I think he wouldn't have to worry about that as much against Jimmy. And he has the strength. He has the base to kind of dig into Jimmy a little bit. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if RJ gets that assignment. And then, again, with what Tibbs likes to do with overloads, especially if you're playing slow in the half court, they're going to send help in a way or just show bodies in a way that Milwaukee didn't until random possessions of game five, which 
why would you wait until game five to show bodies? I don't know. But anyway, I, I think we see RJ. So I, my, my thing with, with them defending Hart is, and I think Hart can do some of the, replicate some of the Matthews stuff where you know, he could play very like close to Jimmy, really get up in his jersey. The problem with him is, you know, unlike Wes, you know, he's just too small. And I think Jimmy can just go to a post up. And at that point, you're in the torture chamber. And there's really, at that point, you know, he could pass out of that. He's so good at that. And he could score the, the fadeaway. Uh, the, those, bro, the up and unders he was hitting over Giannis and Lopez. I was like, where, 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 what? I haven't seen this in a while. What's the John Wall? I ain't never, ever. seen <laughs> <laughs> you act like this before. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> like, Oh, what a series from Jimmy, man. That's uh, I'm going to remember that first round for a very long time. Yeah. But yeah, my answer would just be RJ getting that assignment early. Like, quietly, I wonder if the Knicks go RJ instead of Josh Hart because they feel like Josh Hart's going to be more important to their closing lineup than RJ is. That's interesting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like they may prioritize saving Josh, and it's like, okay, well, if Jimmy wins the RJ minutes, then Definitely. that's fine. We can still close with quickly. I can see hard. them going Obi Toppin at times too to to throw a size variation on him. Ooh, I would not love that. I I, I don't know. I you know, I mean, the Bucks were very willing to put Bobby Portis in front of Jimmy. Well, that that was Bud, which that was just such a negative for them. It was just one of those. That's, you're thinking what earlier? Chat in the saying series? no. Chat, chat. <laughs> apparently, I'm not familiar with Obi Toppin's game. No, no, no. I, I will say like o- Obi has gotten better defensively. He's fighting. Like that's not going to be the matchup for him. Not with the pivots and Jimmy doing the rip one way and then drive the other way. To, like he likes to do on the perimeter. Like that's going to be a we are testing out Obi's feet, footwork. We're testing out the hips. That isn't going to end well for him. So uh, I think it's more likely if we see front court size matching. I meant to get to this a little bit earlier. I think it's way more likely that Tib says, you know what? How about we press that Embiid button? How about we press that Yannick You know button? I love, love the idea of centers on Jimmy. I need Jimmy yeah. to beat the allegations. I'm telling you, the Embiid <laughs> and the – I always forget his name. The the, the giant white guy in Dallas. Um, <laughs> the Porzingis? No, the, the other Which, one. The other one. Boban? No, the, the center. That's, see, exactly. You forget Boban. him too. See, they he, they used him to guard Jimmy um, – Oh, this is Maxi Kleber. Kleber. Yeah, Maxi Kleber. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking like over the last two, three years. I was like, yeah, I was no, just, no, yeah. yeah. Remember when yeah. Dallas in the in a fourth quarter they put Maxi Kleber on Jimmy? Absolutely discombobulated yeah. their offense. Embiid, uh, all these guys, right? And there's a history of that with Jimmy. So and I and I asked, you know, if they were to do that with Capella in the Hawks series, which it's funny because they went John Collins, not Capella, and it, it actually kind of worked. Um, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to the shout out to the Hawks, I guess, or Quinn Snyder, <laughs> whatever. Um, Let's go Hawks tonight, by the way. Uh, <laughs> send that series. Uh, so Celtic fans need to be home with a little bit, okay? You guys, yeah, guys, 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 guys talking spicy on the timeline. Guys, a little, little humbling. Boy, if we get a first round with Milwaukee and Boston out, that's gonna get funny. Oh my god, I can't that's wait. We're gonna have Atlanta, <laughs> Miami, and New York, you know, all in the conference semis. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I don't, I could see them kind of trying some of that. My, my big question is. 
So New York's going to play big, right? Or they're at least going to play with like a seven footer and a, and a six, nine guy. And if you're, if you're Miami and I know some of this happened with Garland where, where Darius would kind of go one-on-one with Brunson kind of cook them. Cause Brunson's not, you know, the best on ball defender. And you know, there's a ton of help by these big guys. And if I'm Miami, Jimmy, very easy. I want to find the small dude on the court and I will bring him in a screen and uh, I will cook with an empty corner. And then at that, you know, you're sending a lot of help at that point. Now Milwaukee sent help. It was Giannis and it was Lopez, sometimes a little too late. But I think if he dealt with that, he can deal with what the Knicks throw. However, I feel like Milwaukee is more like fundamentally sound, but the Knicks are more annoying. And I think when they have that annoying variance, that can rattle Jimmy because he was able to get in a rhythm against Milwaukee. He knew the coverage and credit to Spo and, and, and the players. They had an answer for every Milwaukee adjustment. I know the whole thing is, oh, Bud doesn't make adjustments. You know, they're, they're doing micro adjustments throughout the game. And I felt that they had an answer every time they were sharp. Oh, they're doing this. We're going to do this. Oh, you're running this kind of action. We're going to, you know, and I, I thought pretty consistently Miami had solutions for that. This is a team that they're less familiar with. They have much less data because Milwaukee's been doing the same shit for fucking four years. You know what I mean? Like we all, we all know we're all familiar with your game. Uh, <laughs> this Nick team is very new. They have a, this all, this all brand new stuff. So I don't, I don't think the preparedness factor is going to be the same Nikias. And I, I kind of worry. I was like, okay, so he's going to see, he's going to see that help. Cause at some point he is going to get Jalen Brunson. He's going to try to get Jalen Brunson on the switch and he's going to go at him. What is that going to look like? How much help is getting sent? And and is he going to be able to consistently beat three guys if they're not shooting? Because I'm assuming that they're not going to shoot well. I have to assume. I they 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 can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> I guess it's gonna. I'm gonna be a little reductive, but to bounce off of that, like the shooting for Miami is going to be very important because I think when Jimmy tries to get Jalen Brunson in action, it is not going to be a switch. I do not think it's going to be a switch unless they work really hard about it. You're going to hedge? Work, work really, hard. really hard. It's very much going to be a show and recover. And I think Jalen Brunson is pretty good at that. Um, you know, On the other end of that knicks calf series, like you saw Garland trying to do the hedge as well. Donovan Mitchell did it sometimes. A little bit late to recover for both of those guys. Brunson's better at doing that. And so that may become an aspect of – I think Temple's going to be very important for Miami. Like, how quickly are they going to go into this? Because I don't think this can be a Jimmy walk it up, now call for uh, for Brunson's yeah. man at a screen, show and recover. It may not work the first time. Try it again. You might get it. Now it's 7 on the clock. And, again, because you're going slow, New York is loading up on the back end. So even if you try to post up, you're not going to get the post and drive. It's going to be a turnaround. And I think even over Jalen Brunson, like, New York is going to be okay to a degree with him taking turnarounds over Jalen Brunson. Now we just saw that Buck series. Jimmy can make a whole bunch of those. And so that changes the math when he does. But conceptually, I don't think they would be super bothered with if that's the process for Miami in the half court. I'm 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 curious because like also so I, I and I think the solution to some of that is you do what they did last night, right? Bring Jimmy off a pin down, you know, kind of have Bam facilitate at the elbow, you move him off ball, you know, you could do some we haven't seen this a lot this season, Nikaias. You know, last season Kyle Lowry, Jimmy pick and roll was an enormous positive for Miami. Jimmy has a roller this year. The numbers don't look good and the volume's down and everything's all down. But I mean, last year that was really such one of their most potent sets, get Kyle and Jimmy and pick and roll, get Jimmy as a roller in game one, game one against Milwaukee uh, or, or game one and game two, really uh, they had Kevin love kind of facilitate from the top of the key. Jimmy would kind of cut to the middle of the floor 
and he catches the ball without having to dribble. And, you know, if whatever, he has a big and drop, you know, at that, that point he's one-on-one with a big, with an empty corner, you know, help mm-hmm. is kind of easy that you can read and stuff like that. So I think there's ways to do that. I, I've been impressed by how quickly they've gone into their offense in, in the playoffs because really it's been a grind. I thought Kyle Lowry coming would fix that. It did last year. This year they've just been kind of the same, you know, real wet paper towel kind of, you know, offense. It takes forever to get into. <laughs> it's horrible. Wet sock, wet paper towel, just wet stuff that you don't like. It's been they can't score against Detroit. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know what. I, eventually, the shooting is going to cool off. So, um, you know, can you know the other thing I want to ask you? I think this has to be a big Jimmy free throw series. They're they're going to need to slow the pace down a little bit. I thought the games that they lost, the pace got away from them, especially with turnovers. New York when they that mm-hmm. game the last game that they played in in New York. That was a close game. Miami had like three or four straight turnovers. They're getting dunks. That crowd gets going. And I know that building's loud. And you cannot let that happen. Like, they cannot get rolling like that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're Miami, I think you want to get to the free throw line. You want to limit turnovers. And I kind of think these Jimmy Isos are really good to limit turnovers. You know, they're not high turnover plays, and he's not a high turnover player. Mm -hmm. I think I I posted the stat a little bit earlier on Twitter where he had in the first round, according to uh, basketball reference, at least, I know they kind of track possessions a little bit differently than NBA.com does, but over a 35 uses rate for Jimmy, a turnover rate of (laughs) 7.9, which is (laughs) how do you have the ball that much and shoot that much? How do you have a turnover rate under 13, much less under 10? Basketball savant. It's it's in it's insane what he's able to do. But he's, no, to your point, the turnover battle is going to be very important for Miami. Um, I guess for me, I guess zooming out beyond Jimmy, like the guards in general are going to be very important. Like Kyle Lowry's going to have to be, he's going to have to have the pull up going. Gabe's going to have to have the pull up going. They need to be and aggressive it, with it, like they were in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. and that becomes even more important because go back to that Cavs Nick series. Like the only pick and roll like combinations like the one fours or the two fours were really the only ones where they were getting two on the ball because they had Randall at the level or they have him trapped or when Obi Toppin was in at the four, they'd have him at the level or have him trapped. That's where you're going to get New York in rotation. And so I think if you are able to get Gabe going to get Kyle Lowry going, like that may be a way to kind of alleviate some of the isolation burden that Jimmy may have in this series. So I would also just keep an eye on like how free the guards can get in that. How do you think uh, the bench is going to fare? So Miami's bench was such a positive for them in the Buck series. You know, New York, I think very famously, I, I think this year was a little different, but I know very famously their bench has kind of been what kind of kept them afloat and the starters were kind of always trailing. You know, Caleb was sensational that series against Milwaukee. Kyle really mm-hmm. good as well. They're they're thin but deep. Oddly, they went 12 deep against the Bucks. Obviously, two of those were Oladipo and, and Tyler Hero. I mean, they're they're playing Zeller and and Highsmith. How you know? How do you think Miami's bench is going to fare? Because really, the starters I believe were minus in the series against Milwaukee. That might have changed after last night. I, I haven't checked the updated numbers, but I know they were minus going in. And mm-hmm. really, the bench was just so plus that they were just crushing dudes. Uh, it's going to be very important. Oh, that was also the funny thing about the game five. You look at Jimmy Butler's stat lines, like 42 points. Cool. He was a minus 10. I was yeah. like, huh, that's funny. He, he outscored the Bucks in the minutes that counted the most. We'll give him that. But um, the bench is going to be huge. Like Duncan Robinson's going to have to. Is he going to play? Shot. I don't think this is a Duncan series. He'll play. I, I don't I don't see 
they play they play guys higher up at the level and i think if you're new york i even think that you can even switch some of those handoffs yeah especially with bam limited and that kind of just kills 13 seconds of a shot clock and kind of leads to a dead play yeah like i can definitely see the looks looking a little different i think i think you can still find the minutes for duncan if nothing else like using him as a spacer in the half court and just having okay cool you're gonna be the only guy on this side of the floor we're gonna make sure if we're going pick and roll this guy's rolling towards duncan's side so we can play with uh, new york's help a little bit like maybe that's how you're able to get some usage and then you get the lifts from there and you get some kickouts from there um i will say of the shooters that are left at this point because tyler's out um i think this has to be more of a max series I than agree. a duncan series I think the off the dribble juice is going to be a little bit more important and not that Duncan can't do that on occasion. Um, we've seen the growth from him as a handler uh, throughout his Miami career, but it feels more like Max can do more to punish closeout. I also think Max is a better spot up shooter. Hmm. I think Duncan, and I think this season, the numbers will tell you Duncan's really good. But this season, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, this season, I mean, sorry, I, I, I just feel, I just think Duncan gets a guy that gets comfortable in rhythm and by moving. And especially mm-hmm. that little, you know, off the handoff, that little one dribble pull up. He's so good at that. Max is a guy that can just kind of catch without the ball touching the floor. And mm-hmm. he's just better from the corners, I think. So I think it makes more sense for him. And he's a little bigger, so he can get shots over the size of the Knicks. That's why I'm a little more. Also, Max has been kind of shaky other than the Chicago game as, as a shooter. So yeah, buddy, he lost his mind. Oh, actually, I'll flip a question to you because yes. um, I, again, I agree with you. I think the Knicks are going to be more at the level. And if you're looking at second units, like Hardenstein is going to be a little bit higher up for sure. Does that open up some of the empty corner? Like Duncan comes off, he gets the slip pass into Bam or Cody Zeller if he's the one operating here. Like, do you get some of that stuff going? I wish. They haven't done a lot of that this year. Like last year, it was like, I don't know, man. It's like, you ever like try a new restaurant for the first time and then like you get so like into it, you go like once a week and then once a week becomes twice a week. I felt that that was Spo with those like double empty corners when he found in the Brooklyn game, and then he was doing them all the time. And I feel like this season it's been a lot less. They they'll run empty corner pick and roll, but not like stuff with like vacating a corner then relocating it, stuff like that that I I liked. I I hope that we see that, and I think that that kind of gets going. I wonder if they pivot to Bam as a facilitator more again because of the injury, which I think oddly enough kind of makes the team make more sense instead of him as like this high usage kind of on the ball, you know, kind of face up guy. Uh, I don't think that's needed in the Knicks series. I thought in the Bucks series, it was important just because, you know, they are giving that space and you have to take that away. I mean, going into game four, kind of crazy. Bam was shooting 50% against Brooke Lopez. So, I mean, for as bad as he was, at least he did enough so that they were above water you know, in that matchup. So if if I'm Miami, I want Bam to do more of that. I like that they got Jimmy involved with that too. And I think Duncan has to be stapled to Bam. I think he could play some with Zeller. I don't really love him with Kevin Love for a lot of reasons, one of them being the defense. I just think you can't give them two targets. But, you know, just the synergy that he and Bam have in those kind of empty corner things and stuff like that, I think mm-hmm. that's the most ideal way to run a second unit without Tyler. That's the other thing that you lose with that hero. You really kind of lose your offensive engine without that. It's kind of put the ball in Kyle's hands more, which, you know, I'll never complain about. Uh, and it's given, <laughs> it's given Duncan some life. But I, I, I hope we see that. They haven't opened the playbook up to that in a while. 
at least mm-hmm. to a consistent level that I'm like, oh, they're hammering this. So I don't know. I, I don't really know why they, and it's kind of like why they stopped going to Jimmy as a roller. They do it some. I mean, they ran like those, like, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call them like Spain or like double drag for Gabe Vincent, like freaking 20 times in the book series. They use Jimmy as like a screener in those sometimes and rolling. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I hope, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. I will say to that point uh, on the Jimmy as a screener point, like it felt like he definitely did that a lot during the Knicks uh, regular season series. And so if you're looking for that usage to pop back up, like this is probably going to be a series where you see it. Um, But yeah, like I I do kind of wonder, I guess just in general, what that usage is going to look like. I think Kyle is so big for so many reasons, I think in this series. And I think you saw his kind of value as, I can't even, I don't even want to say, because like Middleton cooked up. Like I, I'm just going to be fair. Middleton, absolutely like barbecue chicken, Kyle Lowry in that series. And so I don't even want to say like, oh, Kyle's defense was so good. That guy just makes plays, dude. Just makes enough plays to let you win. And they're like plays at like inflection moments of the game. You saw in, in game four, two times, right? He got the steal on Giannis at the very end, which kind of effectively ended the game. And then he had the one kind of the, the, the Giannis trying to call timeout Kyle Lowry being maximum Kyle Lowry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you are not, leaving, you are not leaving the park with my ball. And you know, then you saw last night again, the, the steal on Middleton that should have just straight up been a steal. If not for that whistle, uh, unfortunate, you know, call there by, by the official the low, the loose ball. Yeah. Yeah. And now, again, Pete Kyle Lowry, right? Like just, kind of dogging it the second half. I don't think he hit a shot up to that point. And, you know, after starting off super hot, he got the third foul, really got him out of rhythm. That was the other thing I was upset about. He was in such a rhythm. He really sat after that third foul and didn't play again. So he got the third foul at some time, like, in the middle of the second quarter. He didn't come back into the game until, I believe, the fourth quarter because he doesn't really play in the kind of the third or the, or the first quarter a lot of times. So kind of took him out of the game, uh, but, you know, he makes plays. So I think him as a him as a pull-up shooter or him as a driver because i thought he struggled a little bit to find his space against lopez in that drop he'll kind of come off the screen and i'm like you need to either pull the trigger or like draw help or something other than lopez because really you're just doing the steve nash like loopy loop um really and you're eating clock so i think if mitchell gets a little higher up he still has burst which is still kind of funny to say and he's a really good finisher. I mean, he does like these crazy finishes that he'll throw it really high while he's falling down. And I'm like, no way that's going in. And it's like, oh, off glass in. And I think they got to win. They got to win that. Like you just need a couple of those drives a game. Basketball games are crazy. It's a three here. It's a drive here. It's getting free throws here. And that changes entire quarters or that lets a lineup survive long enough that you can bring Jimmy back by getting two or three points here and there. I think mm-hmm. that he's critical for that. And I think he's, you know, he has to step up in that area, Nikias, because if he doesn't, without Hero, you're short so many ball handlers. Without Oladipo, without Hero, you're, it's just too Jimmy centric at that point. And I'm worried. No, I think that's fair. I'm glad you brought up kind of the timing with Kyle, because that's one, that's one of the things that really popped up when I did the, I want to say the game four thread on Twitter. Where, like, you got deep drop and he's operating with Bam, and it's like one dribble off the screen, he's throwing the pocket past the Bam. It's like, brother, engage the big man, engage him, and then try to find something or just take that space yourself, mix it up a little bit. That's odd. Um, I do think if he's getting more at the level coverage, that at least opens up more of those early passes for him, that at least makes that more palatable. So now you have a guy, yeah, yeah. 
So, like, maybe that opens up the playmaking more for him, but the, the aggression point still stands. Like, he still has to find his own. He still has to find, I guess, what I call, like, some of the relief buckets. Whether he's kind of – whether he's alongside Jimmy or Jimmy's on the bench, he has to, has to carry a lineup for a four- or five-minute stretch or whatever the case may be. He has to find those pockets to score as well and keep keep things churning. Because I don't think they can – it can't be the Heat are a plus eight in Jimmy's minutes and a minus 13 when he's on the bench. Like, they can't have that in the series. I believe that they were plus in the Milwaukee series without Jimmy, which hard to say because a lot of that is like that garbage time lineup that just like was like plus bajillion net rating at the end of game two. Uh, so that kind of fudges the math a little bit. That was like that Duncan Zeller. Uh, I think Caleb, I almost called him Cody. Well, there is a Cody, but not not a, not a Cody Martin. It's Cody Zeller. Yeah, exactly. um, wrong white guy. Uh, well, Caleb's not white, but you know what I mean. Uh, Duncan and I'm so can. Ah, yes, we have reached the latter portion of the podcast. We have reached. Look. Listen, guys, my brains. I want to. I want to tell the audience. I want to peer behind the curtain. I've been on air. I think every day except for three days since the play started. I don't know anything except for basketball anymore. All I do is cook, <laughs> like, I, and, and the cooking has gotten to a point where it's basically just like quinoa or rice and a rice maker. It is some sort of roasted vegetable that is very uh seasoned in oven and then some sort of something else that i make in the oven that takes a little effort because my (laughs) brain is basketball and only basketball i haven't done a hobby and i don't know how thank god i have a roomba uh let's put it that way so excuse excuse my uh my scattered brainness it's uh it's uh, it's been a busy time for us here last thing to kaius if you i want i want your win conditions for miami and new york so a couple things that you're like, okay, if, if Miami does this, they will win the series. And then a couple, if New York does this, they win the series. Because uh, I, you know, I, I kind of like to identify these things and then kind of as we watch the series, kind of see how that plays out and see if that changes. Because sometimes, you know, series changes. Guys can get hurt. Guys can re-enter the lineup, uh, as we talked about with Quickly, and we don't know Randall's status. So a lot of things can change, you know, for guys can emerge in the rotation, like Duncan last series and all that stuff. So... You know, if you're, yeah. we'll we'll start with Miami. Then we'll start with New York, and then we'll go to Miami. If you're New York, what are your win conditions? Like, if if if, if you're talking to Knicks Nation, um, I think the win conditions for the Knicks, like, I think the top one is just going to be a general note. Period. Whoever wins the glass, I think wins the series. If the Knicks are able to control the offensive glass and create extra opportunities against the Heat, and again with just how physical Mitchell Robinson is, probably going to be some probably going to be some fouls on some of those battles as well. If they're able to win it in that way, I think the Knicks win the series, period. Um, so I think you start with that. And then more specific, if they are able to get another perimeter guy going, Emmanuel quickly as a score at the very least was very quiet in that Cavs series. R.J. Barrett found it towards the end of the first round series. Like Josh Hart obviously supplemented some stuff, but he wasn't like a primary score role or anything like that. If you get someone alongside Jalen Brunson consistently, then I think you're in a really good spot. I think you look at the guard rooms for both, especially with Tyler Hero being out for Miami. Like that feels like a very big win area for the Knicks, just that guard room. Yeah. Um, so I think if you get someone alongside Brunson to go with him, I think they win the series. And obviously if Mitchell Robinson is able to control things and generate extra opportunities, the Knicks are going to be in a really good spot there. We did not talk about quickly. That's a guy, you know, quick, quick note on him. They, I get it. They defend quick, fast guys, no pun intended, poorly. That is really their their kryptonite 
I think you see in any matchup with Deere and Fox how bad it looks. Nobody can stay in front of that guy, or nobody can stay in front of fast guys. You know, they like the slower. They're more okay with Brunson as a not like speedster. You know, as a more of a finesse guy than they are with with the fast guys. Mm-hmm. And that's the one guy that could really be a thorn in their side, especially in kind of minutes where Jimmy and Bam aren't on the floor together. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have a couple like less good defenders. That might be a problem. Their point of attack is still an issue. Um, so just a quick note, uh, that's a guy that I would take a, a, a make sure make a good mental note on kind of what he's doing in the series because I think he's a guy that, that could absolutely swing the series. If you're Miami, yeah. what are your win conditions? Um, well, before I get to the Miami win condition, I'll also say just on the quickly front, uh, quiet offensively in the first round, he defended his tail off yeah. that entire series. And if we're thinking about how important Kyle Lowry is going to be or how important Gabe Vincent is going to be, quickly is going to be defending one, if not both of those guys at some points throughout this series. He is one of the best screen navigators in the sport. So if you haven't watched much Knicks basketball as a Heat fan, which, you know, uh, that's understandable. If you're just coming into this with Emmanuel quickly, like the six man of the year hype was very real. This wasn't the New York media push or anything. He's really freaking good. I, I was surprised he didn't win. I I was also a little bit surprised. I guess there was just enough smoke of well, his his numbers went up when he was a starter, yada yada. I think he did enough in his bench games too, just because of the defense and the responsibility he had. Glad if I had him. a vote, I would have went with quickly. But like Broden was a good choice. I'm not mad at it, but I was a little bit surprised. But anyway, um, for Miami win conditions, um, well, the reductive basic one is you have to continue knocking down threes. Maybe not to the degree that you did in round one, because I don't think you can you can't bet on that. But you can't be what you were in the regular season either. Like there has to be some kind of middle ground between regular season and first round against the Bucks. If you're knocking down 38, 39% of your threes in this series, um, I think you can help beat some of those overloads that you'll see from the Knicks in the half court. You're able to generate some shots there. I think you can out math the Knicks. Um, because quietly, like the Bucks were still a high three-point rate team as well. Um, the Knicks were not. They were not a team that took or made a lot of threes this year. So, or at the very least, they weren't a team that took a lot of threes this year. Yeah. Let me clarify. Um, so you can outmath them if the shooting holds at least a little bit, that gives you a better chance. Um, keeping Jimmy in rhythm is going to be the big one. Again, I think the Knicks are going to be more willing to send help towards him. If you can find more pockets into your point G, if he's able to get to the free throw line as well, you get, you get an RJ in foul trouble, you get a Josh Harden foul trouble or something like that. If you're able to get Brunson in foul trouble, what does that do? Not just in terms of him being head of state, but just the direction that you have court offense because Brunson controls things. It can get a little scattershot with quickly. He's gotten better this year. And again, he was my six man of the year pick for a reason. But in terms of how well the offense flows, it can get a little shaky if it isn't Brunson out there. And with a gimpy Randall, maybe you can poke at the half court offense for New York as well. And, you know, quietly, the Knicks won that series 4 1. Their half court off, like their half court offense rating for Cleveland Glass was like, I think it's the worst one among the playoff teams. It was worse than Cleveland's? I th- it was bad. How? <laughs> it, was fi- it was 15 or 16. This- uh, I mean, <laughs> Transition to the offense was a lot better, I think. But yeah, and they so have athletes. Not like- they have athletes, and they can get out and run, and they're dangerous in the open court, which is kind of my like, don't turn the ball over, please. Like you got to make them play basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's going to be one. And then if you can find some comfort for Bam, that would be helpful. Just if you can get creative again, like I think make Mitchell Robinson move is going to be the big one to get Bam going. I don't know if he's going to be able to walk into the same jumpers that he was uh, in that first round series. Get Mitchell Robinson moving and or in foul trouble. I think you can free Bam up a little bit. If you get him in rhythm, then I think that helps a lot of stuff. It's good. Man, it's an exciting series for not just the narratives, but, you know, kind of two weird teams. 
I think they're both pretty weird teams playing mm-hmm. each other. I think weird basketball is fun. It could be bad. It could be fun. Um, hopefully, it's better to watch than Cleveland, New York, which honestly, it's a phrase that Dan Lebertard says a lot. It was like watching C-section basketball. It was bloody. It was ugly. It was like, it was so much stuff. It may have been necessary, but it's like, you don't want to look at it. And uh, it was a lot. It was, it was very, it was just not, it was just not very fun. It was not very fun to watch. It was very violent. Very, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. hey, have, have no fear. The 1 p.m. tip off is here. Thank God. <laughs> hey, listen, Adam Silver, I understand that you don't want to go against the NFL draft and all that stuff. To put that heat game against the Warrior game at the same time, absolutely unfair. I'm sorry. I have no interest in watching the Grizzlies play the Lakers. I'm just uh, – did, did Anthony – I don't even watch. Did Anthony Davis get hurt again? What happened? Uh, no, Anthony Davis is actually very good. Uh, LeBron, I think, logged five drives in the game. There was a 24-9 to run to close out the third quarter for the Memphis Grizzlies, and that was basically the game. Hmm. Um, yeah, I rewatched that one earlier this morning. It was – yeah, neither one of those teams are having fun in the half. <laughs> it doesn't look fun. I don't think anyone's really having fun. I just feel like everyone hates each other, and it's just it's just like a big <laughs> hater party. And yeah. if, if Memphis wins, it's going to be another hater party because if the Warriors and, and the Grizzlies play off, if you think they hate the Lakers. <laughs> oh, buddy. Just put buddy. Draymond because LeBron doesn't talk. Draymond. We're gonna. He may. He may have more podcasts and rebounds. I'm telling you, man. Draymond has been so freaking good. Man, like incredible. I, he's he's I'm, I'm, he's still the second best player on that team. Like I, I don't know. It, it's it feels like it's getting into hot take territory with that take. I don't know why though. Like Andrew Wiggins is very good. Six man of the year. Like, Draymond. Clay Thompson's had yeah, six man of the year. Draymond, indeed. I was like, huh. Do you think this they start? Do you think they start him? Not to talk Warriors, but in a in a potential Memphis or Lakers series, do they start, do they go back to the well or do they just do they just leave him there? Um, they love Kavon. They think Kavon Louie's been hooping. I'm man. so happy he for that dude, hooping. man. He's he's so good. He's getting these five, seven, nine assist games on top of the rebounds, on top of the defense. I'm like, yo, he he's defending Demontis Bonas one on one. He like, wants to be he, like Bam. He's really good. He's, he's been the best center. <laughs> he's been the best center in that series. Uh, well, well, am I wrong? You can you can argue it at least. Yeah, like he's been very good. He's been very good. Um, I do think they probably go back to the well. Um, assuming if they beat Sacramento, I think they start Draymond. If for no other reason than like Draymond's gonna want to chirp with Jaron, he's gonna want to defend him. It's it's gonna be if you so get the funny. Lakers, you like come on. Oh no, it's gonna like, be, oh if they get the Lakers, he's gonna, they might need to separate him because he might be too chummy with LeBron. They they might record the guest episode of the podcast during the jump ball. Oh no, dude! What they're gonna do is they're gonna have a mic by the scores table, so whenever they check in together, you know, scores table they, with Draymond Green. They will be the mic'd up segment. Oh my years. god, that mic'd up segment is gonna be great. TNT, you know what you have to do? It's right there. The content's there. Or you mic up. You got to mic up Dylan and Draymond game one. If they don't, it is somebody somebody messed up. Hey man, I, I need the four three point game from Dylan Brooks because this this series is not reflecting well, and he's hitting free agency this summer. Brother, we need that game for you. We need we need four threes in the game six. I can't we, wait we... for him to do it, then show up to the podium finally in sunglasses <laughs> and in sunglasses and a fur coat. And this is what I do, like brother. This is not what you've done. What do you mean, Dylan? We haven't seen we haven't heard your voice in two weeks. This is what I do. Oh, oh can't wait! I love playoff basketball, man. What a time! Best sport in the world. Nikaias, it's so fun. Thank you for joining us. 
Do you have anything in the works? Do you have anything that you want to direct people toward? You do, you know, I've you do the best damn show out here in the NBA. So please tell people where they can find it and what you have coming up or what you have done. Um, well, for right now, I, I just checked my phone. A new episode of the Donker Spot literally just dropped like eight minutes ago. Let's so go. if you uh, if you want to hear some like some quick uh, Celtics Hawks thoughts before that game tips off, you can. Um, but no, subscribe to the Dunker Spot on all podcast streaming platforms. Leave a review. Apple. Leave a review as well. Please do that. We're we're trying to get better. Uh, we recently started the partnership with Three Four Two Productions. That's JJ Reddick Group. Um, so we've been under them for I think what three weeks now, two three weeks somewhere in there. And so we we're still recording twice a week, but that first episode per week is up on YouTube as well. So you can watch that under JJ's uh, YouTube channel. So we're there if you're more of a YouTube watcher slash listener in that regard. Um, currently looking for a writing home. So like if, if you want NBA slash WNBA words, uh, you have a full-time offer, uh, hit me up. Emails <laughs> in my Twitter bio, you know. Uh, <laughs> but beyond that, man, it's just going to be the podcast. It's going to be some YouTube stuff, some breakdowns there. And like I'm I'm clipping things on my Twitter timeline, Nikias NBA, so you can follow me there as well. G, it's been a blast, man. Thank you for having me. And I always say, like, I wouldn't be where I am right now without the opportunities that y'all gave me at Heat Beat. That's why I'm always here. I'm always going to support y'all. You the best, man. You the best. Find some time to rest, but uh, keep killing it the way Listen, you have been. I, today, I don't – this is early for me. It's 7.30. I get to go off. I get to I get to shower. I'm gonna order takeout today. I'm gonna watch TV. I I am cannot wait. And I am not watching Celtics Hawks. I'm not I'm not watching basketball tonight. I need a break, dude. I, I need my head spinning. I need a break. I'm gonna watch some anime. I'm gonna relax. Nikias, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, we will see you. We got Alf returns to hang out oh, time heck. on Sunday. The W hey. he finally found gas in Atlanta. He's <laughs> he is driving back to Miami to cover Heat Knicks. You know he's going to bring it. We got pre-gaming with Frankie uh, before that game. So if you want brunch with Frankie, uh, make sure to tune in to that. We're off tomorrow, although we may have a special something on the feed for you guys. That's a little under the work, so we'll throw you that tomorrow. But we'll see you for game one of Heat Knicks on Sunday. Uh, ABC start, 1 p.m. Thank you, Adam Silver, for giving us uh, an evening and afternoon. I'll see you all then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.